Hello everyone, I'm Ellis Traub and this is Money, Business and More. Well, maybe you're a millennial who's decided you don't want to work for anyone else and are eager to go into a new business. Or perhaps you're an executive in a decent-sized company that's downsized you into new premature retirement. Even if you're at retirement age but didn't manage to put enough aside to take care of your needs for the rest of your life, and there's no one but you out there who would hire you at your age, the next 15 or 20 minutes is for all of you. Anyone who wants to start a new business for whatever the reason. And for all of you, the message is the same. You can do it. You can do it successfully. And if you're serious enough about it, there's no reason to fail. Back when I went into the last business I started, statistics from the U.S. Labor Department showed that four out of every five startups failed within five years. Fortunately, in the past few years, that number has declined to where it's around 50%. You can check out the reasons for these failures on an interesting website called smallbiztrends.com. That's small, B-I-Z, trends, all one word, dot com. And you'll find some interesting statistics there that provide the most common reasons for those failures. They even offer statistics about startups based on race, gender, age, and other data that you might find interesting. But I'm here to tell you that the only important statistics are your own. And even those aren't that important because if you do everything right, you can't help but be successful. To think otherwise that any of those other things, race, gender, and so on, cause failure is about as valid as thinking that flies cause garbage. What we're going to talk about today is doing the first thing right, and that is picking the business you want to be in. Many folks I've spoken to are under the impression that you need to come up with some bombshell idea, some invention that you dream up that's so impressive that no one can get along without it. And they spend hours daydreaming about what that might be. They're also going to spend a whole lot of money to market their idea if they have one in order to persuade people who never heard of what they came up with that they can't get along without it. The fact is that very few, if any, have done well when they've gone about it that way. If you haven't already done it, this would be a good time to suggest that you listen to two podcasts that are already out there. The first is one that deals with money. What's important there is the lesson to be learned about the relationship between money and the value you have to provide others in order to entitle you to it. And the second is one dealing with decision-making, because as we go along here, you're going to learn what some of the most important decisions you'll have to make are, and that podcast will be very helpful in uh, telling you some techniques you can use to do it, especially when it comes to thinking outside the box. In any case, while there are some people who have been struck with a good idea for an invention, it usually happens when they're doing something they'd like to do better, faster, or more conveniently, and they start the mental process going to figure out how to do it. But that's the exception to the rule, and unless it's something that is exceptional, it'll be like pushing a noodle through a needle to make it work. It's also frustrating if you aren't educationally or technologically equipped to come up with an answer. However, if you do want to put yourself in a position to be exposed to those light bulb moments, I can suggest a state of mind that'll help. 
consistent with embracing the fact that the most important consideration is what value you can provide others instead of how much money you can make yourself. The trick is to be sensitive to what's going on around you and make a hobby out of looking for places where a need already exists. Be aware. Ask around. Is someone having a serious problem to deal with that you can solve for them? Look for stories about problems in the newspaper. The greater the need, the greater the value will prove to be for them. And on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 represents something light-threatening, to 1, where it would be kind of nice to be able to do or have something, the closer you can get to a 10, the more likely you will be to find a solution that will sell. And speaking of selling it, the less you'll have to spend on marketing it because the need is already there and everyone knows it. But in the business world, new inventions and discoveries are just a very tiny tip of the iceberg. One reason for that is because those things require a high level of technical education, experience, and skill. And few people who have gone through the years of costly education are going to be the ones who are freelance inventors. They're the ones who are snapped up by the large companies to work in their research and development labs. And they're not as likely as you to be doing anything but what they're asked to do by the head of their departments. You as an entrepreneur are much more likely to live in quite a different world. In some cases, you won't even have had any education past high school. If you listen to my podcast about the pros and cons of getting a college education today, you might find that there's a better way for you to go. But for you to pick a business that's best for you, you don't even need to be innovative and come up with a new idea. All you need to do is to come up with a unique and better way of doing something that is already being done. And that's where most new businesses are being created. So let's get down to business and talk about the two sets of issues that are the most important about deciding what business to go into. The first is you. What should a business do for you besides just providing an income? My mom used to say, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. And that goes especially for this decision. What's important to begin with is to identify what things are most important to you. Earning a good living or acquiring wealth, of course, are the primary reasons for creating a business instead of just a hobby. So one thing you need to decide early on is whether you want to define your financial objective as bringing in enough money for you and your family to live comfortably, to be able to take vacations, to give everyone nice gifts over the holidays without worrying, to handle emergencies, and to retire at an age when you can still enjoy it. Or, do you want to grow your company quickly enough and large enough to be able to get rich? Maybe take it public and sell stock in it, or build a brand and franchise it, making a bundle and franchise fees. Either of these is fine, but the amount of dedication, time, effort, and patience you'll need to do the latter is a quantum leap above the other, which would let you build it just big enough to create the income you need and then not have to worry about growth anymore. That's a binary decision that you're going to have to give a serious thought to. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Did you know that you have access to a personal mentor to help you with your business issues? Whether you're starting a new business or trying to improve the way an existing business runs, You'll find them at SCORE.org. This is the website for SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives. It's an arm of the U.S. Small Business Administration, 
and consists of thousands of volunteers in more than 300 cities across the United States. And the best part is that their services are offered at no cost to you. At SCORE.org, you can enter your zip code and find a list of local mentors, each showing his or her areas of expertise. And you can schedule your own appointment at a convenient time and location. SCORE also offers a variety of regular workshops presented by professionals in their fields. You can see a current schedule of those events and pre-register on the spot. Some general classes are offered free of charge, while others have a modest fee, which is usually discounted for pre-registration. Check it out! SCORE is the place to go to find someone whose experience may be just what you need. Once you've decided just how ambitious you want to be, you and your family should daydream together and verbally paint a picture of what you would like to look like in five years. Describe to each other what you would like your day to look like from the time you wake up until you go to bed and what you want to be able to do on the weekends. And make notes. If you think it would be easier, use the green light brainstorming process I mentioned in my earlier podcast about decision making to come up with all the things that everybody wants. At this stage, there's no need to be modest. In this country of ours, there's never been a time in its history when the opportunities have been better than now. One reason for the high failure rate in the past has been the increase in government regulation. In recent times, that's going in the opposite direction, and companies have a far better chance of surviving and being able to hire more people than ever before. And there are more people available to take jobs now that the rules for sentencing people for trivial and victimless crimes have been relaxed and financial rehabilitation education is preparing those who have been incarcerated and released to enter the workforce. Please note that these are just facts and not a political statement. This venue is not hospitable to political chit-chat. But the point is that you should think as big as you want to as you go through this exercise. Because truly, anything you want is possible. Only later, when you consider your desire for freedom from stress and the sacrifices you and your family would have to make to get there, might you want to back off some and design a more modest vision for yourself. You just need to know that achieving it is not impossible. It's just your thoughtful choice. You will make a deliberate decision to cut down on your ambitions, and for the same reason you aim so high to give you the best quality of life for you and your family for the rest of your life. So, after you've created a picture of the most desirable life you can have five years from now, it's time to put the numbers to it. This can be fun. Collaborate with your family to see how much the life you've described will cost. You and your significant other, if you have one, can divvy up the work, pricing out which possessions and activities to look into. The kids can have fun exploring on the internet the prices of things that they want. What a great way for them to learn about the value of money. After that job is done, you'll total everything up and see how much your new business is going to have to produce after it's been running for five years. This is the number you'll use in your feasibility study after you've completed it. We'll talk about that and your business plan shortly. In any case, you'll have now attached a price tag to your dream to see what you'll have to do to achieve it. The next process is one you'll have to do by yourself. Use the same process to create another list. This time it's a list of jobs, businesses, or professions that you will enjoy doing. 
no matter how much pressure you have on you to make a living, avoid things that you just don't want to do or would consider drudgery, just because you might be able to make more money with them. It's more important that you're happy and can look forward to the day ahead when you get out of bed in the morning. You'll do them better, there's less stress, your happy life will be longer, and your family will benefit as well. I call this an easy job, spelled E-E-S-I, because the guideline that you will use for your list consists of four elements. Your education, your experience, your skills, and your interests. Each of these elements is important in wisely determining what you should spend the rest of your life doing. Education is the first thing to start with, especially if you're a young person, having little experience and developed few skills. That's all you can call upon, except for your interests, which we'll talk about in a moment. Consider only those things you've actually learned, not the things you were supposed to have learned but weren't interested in. So be careful that you don't give too much weight to subjects just because you may have majored or minored in them to get some kind of certificate. Experience is the next important element. The older you are, the more experience you can contribute to your choice, and of course, the more your education recedes into history. Experience is a commodity you can acquire only over time, and it's of great value. Unless, of course, you haven't enjoyed acquiring the experience and a reason for going into business for yourself as you didn't want to do it anymore. The next most important element is your skill set. This can bear on how fast you can get your business up and running, but one of the biggest drawbacks of skill is the fact that it's overrated by people who have learned skills and learn them well, but they don't realize that they had no experience in business, and business skills are necessary to run a business successfully. Many an aspiring entrepreneur has gone out of business when he was great at providing the products or services he produced, but discovered the hard way how to control the cost and, and the time and the money to do it. Finally, interests are very important. Without having an interest in the activity around which your business is built, you can't possibly do your best work. Conversely, if your interest is at a level you could call passion for what you want to do, you can work miracles. Even if you've had no education or experience, doing something you're keenly interested in doing that shouldn't deter you from considering it. If you have a passion for something, you should include it in your list. Again, complete your list doing a green light brainstorming, and then go back and eliminate the ideas that are silly or are ridiculous, but not before you analyze each to see if you can figure out why it came to mind in the process. When you're done, you'll have a list of things you can do for a living that you'll enjoy. Your task now is to rank them in order of those that will produce the greatest value for others and therefore entitle you to the most income. If you're unsure of that, Google each to get a feel for what the average income from it might be, and in cases where it's close, rank the one that appeals to you most ahead of the other one. The top of that list is where to begin. And this is where the fun begins. You'll create a mission statement, a feasibility study, and a business plan. And with those, you'll be ready to line up your financing and open your doors. You'll hear about all those steps in our podcasts to come. 